2: News, the voice of West Virginia. This, this is the High School Sports Line, a two-hour radio tour of high school sports in West Virginia, along with Dave Jeklid and Joe Briccato. Here's your host for the High School Sports Line, Fred Persinger.
1: Hey, good evening across this great state of West Virginia. Welcome in. It's a Wednesday evening, the 15th day of September. We've reached the middle of the month. High School Sports Line is on for the next couple of hours Busy, busy show. We say good evening, Dave Jeklin. Good evening, Fred. And good evening, Joe Bracato. Good evening. How are things in the uh, flying high city of Morgantown?
3: Quite well. Yeah, fine as far as I know.
1: Getting ready for the uh, big game this weekend. I noticed it's sold out now.
4: It'll be a little bit more difficult to get around town over the next couple of days, <laughs> but
1: that's okay. That's a good thing. Right. That's right. About I, when I get into town in Morgantown, usually on Fridays. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's like, who let the dogs out or whatever? You know, it's crazy. They all come to see you, Fred. Well, no, I think it's just they're, they're trying to go somewhere,
3: but you can't go anywhere.
1: <laughs> no. You cannot,
3: not in Saberton area. I mean, sorry. <laughs> and you when you have anywhere. people who don't understand how traffic circles work, roundabouts oh, yeah. work, then that can also <laughs> yeah. make it, uh, as I yeah, almost I, found out earlier today. but uh.
1: I'm so reminded when I get in, into one of those roundabouts of the uh, Chevy Chase movie and Parliament, kids, remember that? Big Ben, Parliament, again, European
4: vacation, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes, Great great movie, great movie. But anyway, uh, welcome into the program. Busy, busy show, as it always is. On a Wednesday evening, Tyler Ferris, new head coach of the Bridgeport Indians, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Kevin Whiteman, veteran coach from the Frankfurt Falcons, will be along. Mike Bias, veteran coach from Parkersburg, will be joined by a brand-new head man down at Sherman High, and Seth Kevin Buzzard will join us. Tim Brown from Cameron, not playing this week. Thought they were going to get to, but not playing. Dave Darst of Point Pleasant, that youngster's been around for a while. And then Thomas Coger of Gilmer County, his team's off to a good start. So a busy, busy show as always. And and guys, when we look at this schedule this week, I mean, right now, what do we got about uh, three, seven, eight,
3: nine, about nine games right now postponed and counting. Yes, I, th- I think that's right. And Joe and I were talking about, about that when we were coming on the air about uh, games that teams that had games postponed who have now been able to find new opponents. And uh, you said Robert C. Byrd has obviously added an opponent back into its schedule, uh, kind of rescheduled from what uh, Kaiser. Yep, Kaiser,
4: week one. That was the original date. And uh, yeah. they're back on to play that uh, on Friday.
3: So it has that little bit of that feel. From what we're used to, where games get postponed and teams try to work together to uh, rephrase games get canceled and they try to get them back on the schedule so they don't become no had the backwards postponed so they don't become canceled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same same yeah. feel as last year. But uh, it is one of those things where we still have to keep constantly checking the scoreboard to see what games are going on and which games have been picked up. And a great game. Well, how about game? North Marion? Yeah, I was yeah. just going
4: yeah, yeah, to say that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Seth yeah. Ramsey and Darren Hayes getting together. They both needed games, and that's, a, that's an excellent contest. That'll be Saturday, Boy, 7 o'clock at Woodcutter Stadium in Rachel. Should be a great game. You have yeah, time yeah, to go into that one?
3: matchup. I'll be Where? I'll
4: be headed to University of Wheeling Park. Oh, we, okay. Yeah. UHS oh, Wheeling so, Park.
3: Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. That is a Saturday night game as well. So, oh, if anybody
4: is. knows a, a good way to get from Island Pushkar Stadium to Wheeling Island Stadium with zero traffic, I'll take any and all suggestions.
1: Well, helicopter.
4: i was just gonna say, okay. right. yeah. Commander
3: one
1: on top of Ruby. And- I tell you what you can do. No, here's a gear. <laughs> Kevin Nicholas, who does game day traffic. Ooh. As soon as he lands, you switch out Kevin. Say, get me to. Wheeling Actually, just replace Kevin. And then you can ride back. Well, now you could ride back then with Kyle Wiggs. Oh, I have yeah. no
4: objection
3: to any of this. This yeah, is fantastic. You, you could I'm just do you, the game day traffic and then just say that we need to do game day traffic all the way up to. Yeah.
1: Let those folks that are heading north to the yes, northern to Wheeling Panhandle Wheeling from the Stadium. game. Yes. We'll let you know what it is. Well, let's move on. Tyler Ferris <laughs> is the new head coach. Of the Bridgeport Indians. Of course he's been around for a while around that program, but you got the head man's headset on now and uh, very noisy wherever you are, Tyler. Command yeah, to High School that. Sports Line. That's all right. We we live the background noise. That's good stuff, you know. How are things going in Bridgeport, buddy?
5: Oh, pretty well. We're at a freshman football game right now, I'm trying to hide up here in the press box where it's the quietest, but uh got <laughs> the freshmen down here rolling, having a good time watching them. Who are the freshmen playing tonight? They got Muscleman
4: tonight. And how is that new press box? Looks pretty fancy.
5: Uh, it looks pretty nice. I mean, you guys have to come down and uh, take a look for yourselves sometimes. I'll see you Friday. All
1: right. <laughs> Sounds good.
5: Uh, Dave and I won't, but uh, maybe
1: yeah. Joe can take pictures for us, Dave. That's right. There you can Put them Dave on the website. Us. There you go. That'd be nice. Do that. Then we'll be able to see it. As we'll be stuck. All right, coach, let's talk about the season. You didn't get to open up when you wanted to open up, uh, but now you've played two in a row. Nice, nice win over a Morgantown ball club. Uh, a lot of points on the scoreboard last week. Liberty Harrison, 54-6. to Tell me about your team right now.
5: You know, we uh, we started off with an unexperienced younger line. Um, you know, we wanted to to give them some live reps and, you know, see a little bit more before we got going. You know, not only did we lose our first, uh, first game, but we lost our second scrimmage. Um, so, you know, we were really about a month away from playing a football game, which is great for install. You know, it's great for our kids. But, you know, until until the, the real thing's going down, you never know what you're going to get. Um, pleasantly surprised with our young offensive line. Um, they're buying in quick. They're, they're communicating well. They're intelligent. They're able to to make adjustments on the fly, and that's been able to make us click and go a little bit faster. Um, defensively, we got kids that are flying to the football right now, and we're really happy with that. Get a uh, different test this week, but uh, we're excited to see what what happens.
3: Now, Coach, I'm going to give you a chance here to expound upon Coach Talk. Now, if I had asked you after Game 1 what you had to improve upon for Game Two, oh, there's always the biggest changes between Game 1 and Game 2. But that was totally accurate with your offensive line between Game 1 against Morgantown and Game 2 against Liberty. Your offensive line really made great strides between the first two games.
5: You know, they they did a great job in the first game. There was just little things, you know, they stunted, angled, blitzed a little bit, you know, some things that we weren't quite expecting. And, you know, when you got a kid that's a sophomore that's never played a varsity game, it's tough to really get his attention, you know, especially in that first game. He's looking around at all the sights, the lights, he's all excited. So, you know, to see those kids bounce back and communicate better the next week was great because, you know, we're we're going to see a lot of blitzing, you know, that's what teams like to do to us. And we've been doing it in practice to our, you know, our scout team goes at them hard every day, but it was good to see those, uh, those reps pay off last week.
4: Tyler sticking with your first game against Morgantown. And you mentioned you had to wait an extra week to finally get that first game in. And on the very first play, Morgantown takes the opening kickoff back. How deflating was that at the time, but then how fulfilling was it to immediately follow that up with a 20 play drive that took up basically the entire first quarter?
5: And I went and checked my phone after the game, and I had a bunch of text messages saying I might be fired after the first <laughs> so, uh, so That wasn't the greatest feeling in the world. But, uh, no, we, we knew, you know, we were playing some kids there. that, they were, Again, playing their first varsity game. We wanted to see what they had. And, unfortunately for them, you know, they, they saw a ball on the ground. They got excited. They got out of the lanes, and they gave up a touchdown. Um, now, that's led to a lot of good teaching tape and everything, so that was good. Uh, the drive itself going back, you know, is actually one of the more heavily penalized drives that we've had at Bridgeport in a long time. So that's kind of the reason it we went twenty plays. So it was a little bit of a headache there as well. Pretty much that entire first quarter was a was a headache if I'm being honest, but it was good to see the kids fighting and, and you know, eventually turning the game around.
1: Talking with head coach Tyler Ferris of the Bridgeport Indians. Take me back though uh, a little bit, Tyler, and the fact that last year You lost only one time. That was to big team Spring Valley. You won your first game in the playoffs. And as we all know, COVID took over. All right. You had a very talented team then. You start this year. You lost your last scrimmage. You lost your first game. Were the kids starting to feel deja vu all over again?
5: You know, we tried our best to keep them active. You know, we had a great scrimmage against each other, an inter-squad scrimmage there that helped build a lot of depth. You saw some kids starting to wonder if they were getting ready to play, or they're going to get the chance to play football this year or not. And that Morgantown game is just a big relief for everybody. Um, now that we're into it again, you know, they're they're excited. They they feel like football season's real. You know, we're just trying our best. Uh, they get a little amped up at me because we're really particular about our COVID protocol and making sure that they're wearing masks and they're in and out and They're not around each other for more than 10 minutes inside. So it's one of those deals where they're excited about football, but they also know it is still a little different.
3: Now, in the game against Liberty, you had nine different guys rush for 16 yards or more. And after the game, Cam Cole, your quarterback, said what he loves about this offense is you're dangerous on the inside and you're dangerous on the outside running the ball. How do you assess the... Offensive abilities of this Bridgeport team after the first two games, knowing what your quarterback says about it. I
5: mean, we've that's he's right. I mean, we've got speed. We've got kids that can you
6: know
5: run the ball inside the tackles. That 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 speed on the edge is obviously great. Um, But you know, those speed guys can stick their foot and get up inside and be able to run the ball between you know C to C gap there. And our power guys are able to get out a little bit. You know, we're we're just blessed with with good kids, good athletes right now. And uh, you know, they're seeing the benefits of. You know, a line that blocks hard for them, and you know we've got kids that can break tackles and are tough in the open field. So, it's uh it's been good so far, and uh you know just we need to keep getting better every week.
4: Joined on high school sports line by Bridgeport head coach Tyler Ferris, and Tyler, let me ask you about Aiden Paulson, a very familiar name uh, in baseball, uh, but he comes out and for the team as a first year player. I don't know the last time he did play at a younger level, but it seems that he's making a pretty good impact for you guys.
5: Yeah, we've always kind of had Aiden, you know, on the hook. You know, there's been multiple years he's come out for a little bit, uh, you know, for, to weightlifting and some things, and then you know just never stuck it out. And then, you know, we finally a bunch of his buddies, you know, got to, got together and told him we need him, and he, he has been a very pleasant surprise. Um, he's been a great safety for us, a good blocking wing. He can run the football. You know, we're excited to see what all he can do. Um, but you know, it's one of those deals where it, it's hard to tell where he would be right now. If he'd played, you know, from freshman year on, because he has made an, a giant impact really quick.
1: All right, you mentioned it earlier in the program tonight of the fact that uh, about the opponent coming up on Friday night, and of course Fairmont senior. Uh, when you look at the rankings right now, number ten in Class Double A, and of course you guys are number eight in Triple A. But here's a here's a rivalry, Tyler, that I don't have to tell you anything about. I guess you have played. Every year since what, two thousand and four, over the last twenty times, you've won fifteen, only lost five. Boy, it's it's always a battle, isn't it?
5: Yes, it is. They're you know, they're a very well coached teams. They've got good kids, they play hard, you know, that's the thing that always sticks out there. So it's gonna be a good matchup every year. It just doesn't matter who's on either side. There that's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a four quarter battle. And uh, like I said, both I think both sides are excited to play on Friday night.
3: You get a Fairmont senior team that uh, scored late to knock off North Marion last weekend, 20-14. to They had a loss mixed in there to Lindsley and a win over Lewis County. So it's a Bears team that is two and 2-1. What do you see on film as far as this year's Fairmont senior ball club as compared to what uh, they may have thrown out there in years past?
5: Uh, I mean, this year they run the ball a little bit better. That or not? I won't say better, but they run the ball a little bit more than they have in the past. I mean, they've had some really special teams there, so it's tough to say better or worse or anything with them. Um, they don't throw it nearly as much as they did with Connor Neal. You know, they they run it a little bit more, but I mean, they're they're still they're the same Fairmont team. They got really good athletes. They're physical up front. They're physical with some backs in the backfield. And uh, like I said, it's it's not not much different than things we've seen.
4: Tyler, when you're installing this single-wing offense and, and getting you know all the linemen on the same page with the backs, is everything in, or is there a, a point in the season where you can start to add some wrinkles to
5: it? Well, you know, if we had a returning line, we would have seen a lot more so far. Now We're, we're more comfortable this year at this point in the uh, year than we were last year, obviously. But, uh, you know, as it goes on, the communication gets better. There's definitely a lot more. And, uh, you know, we've been preparing for those and uh, hoping to see a bunch of them on Friday.
1: All right, buddy. We're going to let you go and get back to your ninth grade football game. By the way, I I watched uh, your coach's show on Facebook last night with the one and only Travis Jones. The legend. uh, (laughs) In his own mind. In his own mind. Uh, When John was there in the years I'd watched in the past, there was always a big pizza right in front. What was the food
5: last night? Well, that's, that's been a common question that's come up. You know, I don't know what's <laughs> going on, you know, if it, if it's me or John, or, you know, obviously i got big shoes to fill there. So maybe i got to win a few more football games before they start bringing out oh, the people.
1: I see. I see. Hey buddy, it <laughs> should be a great game Friday night. We're looking forward to it. Best of luck. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Thanks. There you go. Head coach Tyler Ferris and, uh, been around the program for a while, and uh, he was—he was. I talked with Travis about this when John decided he didn't want to be the head coach. He's still part of the team. He's part of the coaching staff. But uh, talking about John Cole, but he was uh, Tyler Ferris was the obvious choice that everyone wanted, guys.
4: Yeah, no question about it. Three years as a, or two years as offensive coordinator, and uh, you know, kind of came in with the anticipation that maybe if uh, Coach Cole stepped away, that uh, Tyler Ferris would be next in line to step in and, and be the head coach. And uh, when I visited their practice in July, uh, you couldn't tell that a whole lot had changed because the first thing you hear uh, when you park the car in the parking lot is John Cole's voice yelling out instructions <laughs> to the linemen, and it's got the similar cadence, the similar everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, the more things change, the more they say
1: the same. Well, that is so true. By the way, we were talking uh, about some of these kids that's just not getting to play, and I, I noticed a couple of things. Number one, when, I, when we got the rankings yesterday afternoon from the WVSSAC, when was the last time you looked in Class AA and the last place team was Bluefield?
4: Never. I can't Never. imagine that ever being the case, no. Never.
1: And I did, I was digging a little deeper on Freddie Simon's ball club this year. He's got a quarterback by the name of Riker Brown. Riker, one game, he's leading all of southern West Virginia. Think about this, guys. His only game that they got to play, he was 17 of 20, passing the football 85%. And that's the only time they've played this year. wonder what kind of season this kid hopefully will get. Obviously, obviously a good quarterback. Hate to see that. But hopefully, hopefully Bluefield will be back before long. Their game already with Beckley. Has been canceled for this week, so we'll see how it goes. Hey, break to take Kevin Whiteman. He uh, he's doing okay. His Frankfurt Falcons, man, they they've started off extremely well. That's good to see. He's a good coach. We'll talk with Kevin Whiteman when we return. High school sports line.
7: Innovate, don't eliminate. That's the common sense position Senator Manchin takes when environmental extremists say we should do away with fossil fuels and coal mining specifically. What may be surprising is the coal industry and our utilities have been working to decrease emissions from our operations through innovations for decades. In fact, over 90% of all airborne contaminants have been eliminated, while the amount of coal used to manufacture electricity has tripled. This is a phenomenal and noteworthy record. Unfortunately, industry detractors call for the Immediate elimination of coal usage. They deny any benefit to the approximately $14 billion in economic impact our industries provide to West Virginia and the workers we employ. They also deny the critical importance of fossil energy to assuring uninterrupted power grid stability and overall energy security. They choose to eliminate, not innovate. West Virginia is demonstrating it's possible to have a world class energy sector that provides jobs while being a model for employing carbon reduction technologies. A message from the friends of coal
2: this is the high school sports line on metro news the voice of west virginia
8: Hi, it's Tony Caritti, host of the CityNet Statewide Sports Line, right here on Metro News. Join the Senator, Brad Howe, Coach Greg Hunter, and myself as we discuss the day's biggest sports stories, talking with coaches, former players, and sports writers from all over the state and across the nation, bringing you the latest from the high schools, colleges, and the pro game. So don't miss the CityNet Statewide Sports Line weeknights at 6.06 here on the Metro News Radio Network and streaming live at wvmetronews.com.
9: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. 3 hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour and find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust, Metro News. For over 35 years, the voice of West Virginia. Friday night in the fall are reserved for
2: high school football and the 20-year tradition continues on metro news it's summit community bank high school game night with fred persinger and dave jeklin celebrating 20 years of bringing you up to the minute scores conference standings player and coach interviews and more tune in all season long to follow your favorite school friday nights from 9 30 to midnight summit community bank high school game night on the metro
10: news radio network Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: Ball to golf. We've got you covered on the high school sports line from Metro News.
1: Welcome back again, high school sports line for the September the fifteenth. Make sure you join Dave and myself this Friday night for high school game night, week number four. I understand, Joe, you're going to be at uh, Bridgeport. Yes, that's correct. Okay, where's uh, where's my boy Greg going? You know, RCB at Kaiser. Okay, oh, that's good. good. two good games. All right. We've got a uh, very, 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 very happy coach. I hope he's happy. Kevin, should be. are you happy?
6: I'm, I'm fairly
1: happy. <laughs> yeah.
6: I'm not to say I'm 100% happy, but I'm fairly happy. Well, I
1: should have talked to you Friday night after you beat Washington because I know you wanted to beat that team after what happened last year, right?
6: Yeah, we wanted to get a little – you know, we thought we'd let one slip away down there last year. Nothing against Washington. Those guys are good friends of mine. And, They did what they had to do to win the game last year, but we we felt like we let it slip away. So we really wanted to get this one.
3: You won the game 21-0, Coach, and threw the shutout. Running the football, Parker Van Meter, Peyton Clark, Luke Robinette all had nice games, 81, 69, 58 yards respectively on the ground. Balanced running attack for Frankfurt in that win last Friday.
6: Yeah, and that's what we always try to do. We stress it all the time. And, and what I love about, you know, most of the teams we have, they're unselfish. And, you know, we talk to them a lot about being unselfish, a team like ours that, you know, we like <clears throat> we like to be physical and run the football. And when you have guys like that, when you have four or five guys, you know, we've had that for multiple years now that can run the ball. And, you know, they're unselfish. They'll block. They'll run pass routes. It's really It's really nice to see. And it's nice to see them. You know, get excited for one another, not being selfish. And, you know, football is a a great team sport. And if you have selfish individuals, you're never going to have success. And, you know, we've been blessed at Frankfurt that they embrace the team concept. And uh, we've had a lot of – we have a good tradition. We've had a lot of success over the years. And I attribute a lot of our success to the type of kids we get and that they embrace the team concept and how important it is.
4: Wins over moorfield, Hampshire, and Washington to open up the year, and in the process you've only allowed eight points. I'm sure you expected your defense to be good, but you could you have seen results this good this early in the season?
6: Well, it's been good, you know the the kids have played hard they the thing that I like is they've been you know we always preach physical, they've been physical, they've been aggressive they've they've forced turnovers um, you know we still got a long, long long way to go, a lot of games to play. We have some very, very, very tough competition coming up, but the thing that I really love about this team so far is that in the first three games, anytime you know we've things have went against us or the you know, the tide has turned, they, they've shown that they're going to keep battling and play hard for 48 minutes. And if you can do that, you know you're going to have a lot of success.
1: Talking with head coach Kevin Whiteman of Frankfurt Falcons, they're three and zero on the season, number two in this first week of class. Uh, SSAC class rankings. And let's go back to uh, those runners that Dave was talking about. You got a senior in, in Peyton Clark, a junior in Parker Van Meter. And uh, I think Peyton's averaging about 90 yards a game. Parker's about 80 yards a game. Uh, they just, they're horses for you, aren't they?
6: They are. They run hard. They love, and again, they love to the block for each other. You know, you throw Luke Robin at a quarterback, you know, we use him to run the ball. You know, he's, he's had some yards in the games that he's played in, and, uh, we, you know, we can throw the ball with him. He's he's good out on the edge. We have Joel Myers, another running back who's very speedy, and, you know, we hit him out on the edge. He's had some nice touchdown runs for us this year. So that it's so nice when you can have that balanced attack.
3: Coach, last uh, Friday night against Washington was senior night, and you celebrated not only the seniors on the football team but all the seniors playing fall sports and in the band. Having senior night early in the season was that kind of COVID-related to make sure you got it in, or is that kind of the same time of year that it's normally held at Frankfurt?
6: No, it's normally <clears throat> the last home game, and I I love the seniors and I love that they honor them, but I dread senior night. Um, I dread homecoming things like that. It's just uh, they they lose their mindset sometimes. But it was COVID-related, just in case. You know the God forbid it's ugly and the, it's getting uglier each day, and I just wish people would. Get vaccinated and, and do that type of stuff to try to put this thing to an end because it, it's getting old and it's. You go out and do all this work and you and you do all the work on the off season. The kids work hard in the weight room and then they go out and play and then next thing you know they turn around and say, "Oh, you can't play anymore." It's uh, it was horrible last year, and you know hopefully that's not going to happen this year. And it's, I mean the virus is real, and we got to do what we got to do, but uh, I hope that we can continue playing.
4: Joined on high school sports line by Frankfurt head coach Kevin Whiteman. And you you had the team cooking pretty good last year. You're off to a great start this year, but still not a ton of seniors on your roster. Are you getting more out of some of the guys in the younger classes than you thought coming in?
6: Yeah, I've been pleased with what they've done so far. You know, coming into the season, we probably had three guys on each side of the ball that got playing time. That's not a lot. So that's, you know, that's a concern. That's a worry and you wonder to yourself how these guys are going to step, you know, what's what's going to happen. We knew the last few years the guys that were coming back, they were going to step to the plate. We knew they were going to get the job done because they've done it in the past. This year we had to see who was going to step to the plate. And uh, I've, been, I've been pleased with the effort for for our side school with the number of kids we have in our football program. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about them. They come out, they work hard. We, uh, we've had a lot of mental mistakes in the last three games, and we were determined to – Try to clean that up, and I told him the day after practice I was very proud of them because we've had three very good practices this week um It was very hot on Monday, and uh you know they've been focused we can't we can't go out with the miss blocking assignments penalties you know we had a touchdown pass call back last week because of a penalty, and we put ourselves in uh one time we were on like the two yard line and we end up back on the you know twenty yard line we just can't put ourselves in we you know we got to take advantage when we can and get the points when we can.
1: Yeah, you know, Coach, you, you you mentioned the mental part of this ball game or this this sport or any high school sport to be honest with you. And here you go, you're you're three and zero, you're number two in the state. You get an opponent coming up this week uh, in Berkeley Springs. They are one and two, and to take that even further, the last three times you've played them, you've defeated them by a total score of 131 to nothing. That mental side of getting your kids to hey, this game could be different Friday night. Is that a tough part of coaching for you?
6: Yeah, it can be. But I'll be honest with you, we haven't even mentioned that, and I don't even the kids. I haven't heard any of the kids mention anything like that at all. You know, we're focused on this year, this year's team, Berkeley Springs team this year, and you know, we want to have a good week of practice. We want to prepare like we would like it's the championship and just go out and, and play the best game we can play. We try to do that every week and there won't be any mention of any game in the past. will it's all about Friday night.
3: And it's a Berkeley Springs team that's been scoring a bushel load of points the uh first couple weeks of the year.
6: Oh yeah. They 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 chucked the ball around pretty good and they definitely been putting up some points. They did some good things against Kaiser and Kaiser's a good football team so we just gotta go out and play and you know, play our game and play it well and you know, hopefully, we'll be okay if we do that.
11: You've had a
4: couple of guys line up at quarterback this season: Luke Robinette and Landon Kinzer. The benefits of having two quarterbacks, and do they have unique skill sets, or are they pretty similar?
6: It's wonderful to have two quarterbacks. It's hard to each year to, to be able to pull that off. You know, you're not going to drop off with you know whoever's in there. It's it's a good it's a good thing to have. And uh, both the good thing about it, both of them throw well, both of them run well. They get out on the edge. So it's not, it's, you know, Luke's the starter right now. If he goes down, I have zero reservations with Landon Kinsler. He's, for a sophomore, he's very smart, runs the offense well. He's very hard-nosed, and he's just a great kid. Luke's a great kid, and uh, it's just it's, it's very, very nice at our level to be able to have two quarterbacks like that that you can feel comfortable to put in at any time.
1: But the rest of the team, Kevin? Good depth there at quarterback. How about the rest of the ball club? Because looking at your schedule, and let's pray and hope it stays the way it is. Uh, you don't get an off week until uh, the latter part of October, so games continue to pile up. How is that depth on that ball club?
6: It's uh, horrendous, and it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> no one you know,
6: with with five seasons, a total of 13 years in the program, 35 players probably. 30 it's nothing against the younger kids, the ninth and tenth graders. Most of them they're just not ready to play for football. They love to work hard they want to be good football players, but the they are not ready for that. And uh and so it's tough. It's you know, we can't afford anyone to go down at all. If anyone just gets up limp and I cringe because I know, you know, they're just we just don't have any
3: depth. Talking with Frankfurt football coach Kevin Whiteman. And and coach, earlier this season you were very vocal and I'm sure you still are. You lost your mom before this season started and wore a sticker in her honor before the uh, opening road game that you won and obviously that's a huge loss but what would she say I know you talked to her before every game and after every game what would she say about your Frankfurt team right now at 3-0 oh
6: she'd be very proud of them she uh you know I talk to her every day about life football school anything you can imagine and uh she'd be very proud of them she'd be proud of me and you know she would tell me to keep pushing forward, keep working hard, keep trying to impact people's lives. And that's what I try to do. It's it's <clears throat> very hard every day. Uh you can get bring some tears my eyes right now. Um I, I miss her, her so much. It's it's just it's it's just tough. It's a, it's the biggest hurt I've ever had in my life and she was just a beautiful woman inside and out and she impacted so many lives and if you were in this community you know, you, people would tell you that, what, what what an impact she had on so many people, and that's why it's so difficult, and she was, she was just a wonderful, loving mother, and I I can't say enough about her, and, and it hurts, I, I still try to talk to her, and I try to hear her voice, and always try to, you know, she raised us to be good human beings, and to respect and love others, and I just want to try to continue to do that and do what she would want me to do.
3: And I wanted you to have that opportunity, because I read that uh, after the Moorfield game. I read that in, in one of the newspaper articles afterwards. And, and I wanted you to have that opportunity here, whatever platform we could give, kind of get that message out about her and what she meant to your life and what she meant to that Frankfurt community. So I just want to kind of give you that opportunity here tonight, so I appreciate
6: that. No, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And she was always up there on the deck. She, I'd pump her fist my fist at her she'd pump hers back and it's you know she died from covid and it's uh it's horrendous i wish the vaccine would have been out a little bit sooner she died the day after christmas and you know the vaccine would have been out maybe she'd still be alive it's just uh it's a difficult thing to face
1: you know kevin when when you look at something you said something that I, i want you to touch on a little more trying you know i think a lot of people that are not around programs a lot that uh, it's, it's high school football and uh, you coach, yeah, okay. Finally, put the game on Friday night. You impact young people's lives in a big, big way, don't you?
6: Yeah, that's the biggest. I mean, that's the biggest reason. That's the that's the beauty of it. That's the, you know, there was a guy crucifying me Friday night, yelling my name, telling me I was terrible. You know, and I wanted to pull him aside and say, "Look, buddy, this is a high school football game. You don't see the big picture. You don't see." And I, you know, I have no doubt, me and my coach, it's – Impact lives, I and mean, you know I don't just—I don't use these boys for football. I try to love them, take them in as my own sons. I talk to them in the hallway. I tell them I love them all the time. I care about them. I tell them I'm always here for them. I do anything I can for them. And the bond you have—not being a coach—you just—you truly don't understand it. And you know to have them come back 20 years later, you know, and talk to you and ask for your advice. I had a boy call me last week about a job he was on and he wanted my advice and that that makes you feel good you know and your your birthday christmas you you know you hear from so many of them and just throughout the year and i think the biggest thing that if you go into it and you care about them show them you care about them and you love them and respect them you know that's it's going to go a long way it's going to it's going to help your program have success you know i know there's people out there that you know don't always do that but that's the biggest thing i try to do is love them and respect them and i think it'll go a long way
1: Well said, my friend. Well said. And I I think anybody that's ever played high school sports, if they had a good high school football coach, much like the Kevin Whiteman's that we have in West Virginia, they always remember what that high school coach did for them. Hey, buddy, we appreciate your time tonight. Best of luck on Friday night and the rest of the season. We'll be talking, okay? Okay, I appreciate it. There you go. Head coach Kevin Whiteman of the Frankfurt Falcons. Number two this week in class double-a and a game against berkeley springs coming up on friday break to take we come back we'll be joined by the head man of the big reds of parkersburg mike bias stay with us on high school sports line as west virginians we are proud of the natural beauty of the mountain state and at zmm
12: architects and engineers our goal is to provide design solutions that give people that same pride in our built environment That commitment to quality can be seen in
1: educational facilities throughout the state, from Edgewood Elementary School to Huntington East Middle School and at the expanded Wood County Technical Center. ZMM Architects and Engineers,
9: you see us in your community every day.
13: Yeager Airport is taking West Virginia to new heights, and we couldn't do it without you, our dedicated passengers. A new study says CRW has a $225 million impact on the local economy and is responsible for nearly 3,000 jobs. Flying with CRW does more than just connect you to the world. Flying with Yeager Airport puts West Virginians to work and money back into your community.
2: This is the High School Sports Line on Metro News. The voice of West Virginia.
9: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years. The voice of West Virginia.
10: Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of
2: West Virginia. News this morning, the biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. Good morning, I'm Chris Lawrence, and we are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
3: There have been 59 COVID outbreaks in schools across West Virginia. Governor Jim Justice, during a Labor Day media briefing, said the outbreaks are in 26 counties. 19 schools are temporarily closed, and 30 out of the 55 counties have declared mask mandates. Mandates for schools.
9: Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. We had uh, Labor Day High School football. Hoke over Chapmanville 52 to 12. Labor Day men's soccer. Number 10, West Virginia. The Mountaineers into the top 10 in the country in men's soccer now. Played to a scoreless tie with Loyola 0 0. And Hoppy Kirchable's daily commentary.
2: Metro News this morning. The day's biggest stories. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. From soccer to volleyball, we've got you covered on the High School Sports Line from Metro News. Welcome in High
1: School Sports Line on this Wednesday night, high school game night coming up Friday night. With yours truly Fred Persinger and Dave Jacklin. We'll be back for week number four. All of the games but, uh I don't know, 50-some games coming up this weekend. And we'll have all the scores for you before we leave the air at midnight. We're joined now by veteran head coach Mike Bias, the Big Reds of Parkersburg. Mike, welcome into the program, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. Our pleasure as always. All right, get the first win of the season. Open up the season against two pretty good ball club, Huntington and Spring Valley. They are combined 5-1 and one right now. Uh, you had a good test last week against the Capital Cougars. What would you find out about your ball club after the first two losses as compared to that win last week?
12: Well, we're just trying to be as resilient as we can be, and uh, I'm going to try my best to explain some of this without uh, making it sound like I'm making excuses. Uh, but we have 15 young men at this point who are either gone with COVID, five broken legs, um, three actually were, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and say, they were lied to to get to transfer somewhere else. Three are ineligible, but they could go play somewhere else if they wanted to. We're down 15 kids, so I am just so proud of the kids that we have. We're we're getting ready to play a game without this game this week. We're getting ready to play without our starting running back, who is our middle linebacker, our backup running back. We went from four seniors at wide receiver to three sophomores and junior. We're moving kids to positions they've never played before and trying to teach them during the week so they can play there the next Friday because every time we turn around, somebody else is getting contact traced for COVID or they're tested positive for COVID or they're, I mean, we've had two senior receivers break their legs. Uh, one was our leading receiver for the last two years. So Bryson, Bryson Singer, who does, all kinds of different things for us. Ended up playing tailback in the I formation and rushing for 200 yards. That's what we had to do to get through that game. Uh, win, lose, or draw. We just didn't have any other choices at the time. So I'll stop making excuses, and, and I'll just say I'm proud of the kids for being so resilient, and, um, and we'll just go from there and try to prepare our kids to play.
3: And I was reading about that. You you said it's the most injury-riddled team that you've seen in your entire career, what you have right now at at Parkersburg. So so, so let me ask you this. Let me follow up on what you're saying. Most injury-riddled team you've seen in your entire career going Uh into last week's game, was that one of the most impressive wins you've seen one of your teams have in 38 years?
12: Yeah, like I said, I'm so proud of the kids and the coaches. We keep keep getting in there and fighting, and we're bringing up – sophomores who ought to be playing on monday nights and and we're we're throwing them in the fire and we're uh bringing up I mean we've got some kids who who are backups for the backups uh, that are having to, that we just never thought they were going to have to play this year um uh, not on friday nights in significant play significant minutes <laughs> um but that's just what we have to do and there's there's no other answer except for hey What do we have? What are the talents of what we have? And let's fit it into. you know, I've never been a coach who says, I want to get the kids because you're not, and I'll say, supposed to recruit in high school. Uh, That's something I'm proud of myself on in my entire career. The ethics of going out and recruiting somebody else's kids, just I don't respect that in any way. So I'll just throw that out there. But I've never been somebody who wants to – we are going to run this offense, and this talent has to fit into this offense. We have to take the talent of our kids and fit it to what they do well and try, and just try our best to give our kids a chance to be successful, and I think that's all you can do. Mike.
4: When you're working in so many younger guys and guys that you said should be playing on Mondays as opposed to Fridays, is it tougher on the kids to make the physical adjustment to the varsity level or the mental adjustment and being able to to change on the fly and, and do everything that you have to do in a varsity game?
12: Yeah, you have that aspect of it and you're you're entirely correct about saying what you did. That is exactly what they, they fight both of those. Some of them are a little farther along with bigger, stronger, faster, but mentally they have to catch up. And and then you have the kids also who, like our our uh, one of our linebackers had to move to, to middle linebacker. He's never played in the middle, you know, because we lost our running back and our middle linebacker. So, you know, we have um, a tight end who's moving to fullback. We don't even usually play with a fullback in our offense. So – you know, these, these in, in this particular tight end, um, who we moved to fullback, he's learning tight end, fullback, single set back, but his primary position is our defensive end. And if we hadn't have lost so many kids, he could have focused on being a defensive end 90% of everything and then just learned a backup role on offense. Now he's our primary defensive end, and he's all those things on offense. So... <laughs> uh we're that poor kid we're having to we're having to teach him different stuff every day based on you know how people will complain sometimes they they uh have a different lineup every week well we have one almost every day here recently wow. <laughs> it, it's just uh it's been a challenge to say the least
1: well I, i'm number one i'm so glad i asked you to be on the show tonight so people can hear this and trust me you're not making excuses. You're stating facts. Yeah. Talk about yeah. a young man, and that you mentioned him already, and everyone knew the name Bryson Singer. But talk about that young man. Number one, he's capable of being able to play wherever his head coach says. Hey, Bryson, I need you here. or I need you here. And then, the type of kid that he is, that says, Hey, put me wherever I can help the kid, help the team.
12: Yeah, yeah. before the injuries. I just want to say this about him. Before the injuries, he was that way. I mean, he was always that way. Um, his work ethic has been impeccable since the day I met him. And he's one of the most unselfish players I've ever been around. He will truly do and doesn't care. will truly do whatever he can do to help the team. And, um, you know, I appreciate that. I hope his teammates do. When you're that good a player, you know, Obviously, there's jealousies created, and that just happens that's human nature that's life that's you know everybody that went went through high school and was the team's best player probably had several folks on the team or what on in the community who were jealous of you but yeah, he doesn't worry about that. He packs his lunch and goes to work every day you know and and he's still dealing with a he's he's maybe eighty five percent with his hamstring that he injured um so um, you you know he can't even go out there and be the Bryson singer we know he can be but he's gotten it out and, and he's played receiver he's played quarterback he's played running back he's played free safety he's played strong safety i mean he'll do he's playing corner right now um so yeah he's i think he's played six or seven different positions and not one time does he complain about it
3: In the win over capital, 28-20, quarterback David Parsons, who kind of stepped into the backfield because you've got Bryson Singer literally playing, as you said, all over the field. David was 6 of 9 for 72 yards. He was very efficient, wasn't he? And how has he adapted to this role now being under center where you've had to move Bryson to so many different positions?
12: Yeah, I think he was 22 of 30 before that, or maybe 12 of 20, or maybe it was 12 of 20, then add the 6 6 for 9. Um he's, he's an accurate passer. Uh he, he reads defense as well. Uh son son of a coach and son of a player and um uh, he he's he's really uh you know taken to being coached well and and coming along and I, I can't really open our offense up with him right now because we don't we're so depleted at the wide receiver position. So um you know, that, that's the other thing. With Bryson, when he he's playing quarterback, well, he can't throw it to himself. And then our leading receiver, Carter King, broke his leg. And then our uh, other slot receiver, Kevin Hancock, broke his leg in the second play of the second game against Spring Valley. And, and in that same game, uh, our running back and middle linebacker in the second quarter, somebody came up right – you know, hit him down low, nothing dirty or anything, just trying to tackle him, and it kind of tweaked his ankle, and he's been out ever since. So um, that's why kids are having to learn multiple spots, you know, and that's that's why we always tell them, hey, you know, you got to get that mental rep when you're not in there. You need to learn the big picture of what's going on offensively and defensively so that you can move to different positions if you're needed to. And this year, man, we need it.
4: So in terms of things that you would call offensively and defensively, are you doing stuff that is, you know, you kind of had dusted off from old, you know, playbooks that you've had. I mean, how far back are you going in terms of
14: <laughs> what you're having to yeah.
4: install now?
12: Exactly. Uh, yes, sir. We indeed have been doing some things that I learned uh, from the first coach that I ever worked for in Raleigh, North Carolina in 1988 and 89. Um a lot of the things that he got kind of from the Bill Walsh era, a lot of shifts and changes and shifting and in motion and and different things like that. But the, the you know the problem you run into is with the with the personnel changing. You know it, sometimes it's okay to be young because let's take the three week period that we do in West Virginia. There's three weeks um, of of teaching, and then there's the August period, and you work through and you get a scrimmage or two you know and and you're young, but guess what they're learning and and they're staying pretty much injury free and your lineup's not changing when now, I don't care if these kids are young or not they're playing positions that they didn't practice all this time because we had no idea we were gonna to have to move them around everywhere so uh, yeah it's it's uh it's been a lot of fun, and we're we're dusting off a few things and uh putting a full back in the game and and you know getting some of the getting some of the old – we we put in the 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 old belly G. some of the coaches will remember from uh my era I guess maybe <laughs> we put the belly G into the fullback today and different things like that just trying to trying to um give brighton a break because going into this last week you know he carried the ball 30 plus times we we don't want him to have to do that every week so we're trying to expand on what what we're doing and try to do some things where we can add some plays here and there that that uh can uh, give him a a chance to get a breather it
1: sounds like some of those plays you had those leather helmets back then didn't you what was that about (laughs) (laughs) let me ask you a question uh when anytime you say parkersburg football everybody knows what you're talking about no no question the state of west virginia parkersburg football Actually what started in the eighteen ninety six or something. But you've got a game, I mentioned it, coming up Friday night. If there's a bigger rivalry in the State, I don't know I honestly don't know where it'd be. Uh played like fifty three consecutive times until was, that streak was broken last year with COVID. Give me your thoughts going in with man, what a depleted lineup you're gonna have going against the Parkersburg South team coming up on Friday night.
12: Yeah, we we've probably, to uh, be quite honest, have enough uh, backups having to play because of COVID issues that we could probably say, uh, you know, we we need to try to reschedule this thing, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but we're going to try our absolute best to play, and um, yeah, the rivalry is awesome. Uh, I hated that we couldn't play it last year. We both had open dates earlier in the season, and and we for some reason didn't play each other uh i wish we would have went ahead and played um earlier in the year and we waited till the end and then they had some COVID issues last year and weren't able to play and i hated that for the kids and of course you know get making the eighth seed and getting a home playoff game and then our county map turned red and our kids didn't get a play in the playoffs either so um you know that was a shame but the rivalry is awesome um uh, sometimes like any other rivalry uh it, it can get carried away a little too far a little in the wrong way, but by and large it's a healthy rivalry, and you know people are uh excited for their team and and um so uh we we look forward to it. the kids look forward to it it's something they'll remember their entire life and uh so uh yeah we just uh again I just have to go back to we just we gotta get our young men prepared as we possibly can to give them a chance to have uh, success out there. And that's our job as coaches.
1: All right, my friend. Hey, best of luck. We'll be looking for that score on game night come Friday night. All
12: right, buddy. Thank you.
1: Mike, appreciate you very much. Mike Bias, the head coach of the Big Reds of Parkersburg. Guys, Wow. That's going to be tough. I mean, that program, I mean, that's a storied program. My goodness gracious, broken legs. And, COVID and everything else and I know a lot of coaches are going through it but boy he seemed like he was really hit heavy
0: with it
3: yeah I think you're exactly right you know and on game night we would hear about each week where Bryson yeah. Singer was playing a different position but that really hits at home mm-hmm. hearing uh coach bias talk about kind of the internal reason why with the level of injuries and, and COVID related issues
1: Back to the phones would go. Head coach Kevin Buzzard of the Sherman Tide of Southwest Virginia joins us now. Kevin, welcome into the program. How you doing, Fred? Doing well, doing well, and it like to me, the Tide's doing all right too.
15: Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We're uh, we're three and zero right now. We've had three pretty good games. We're playing pretty good.
3: Coach, you picked up a win over Riverview, 35-18, to last Friday, and you had to make some adjustments, didn't you, at halftime to get that 17-point win? Talk about the tale of two halves, first half and second half against Riverview, and what adjustments you made coming out of the halftime locker room to, to get that 17-point win.
15: Yeah, we uh, we was down 7-6 at half, and they were just... Uh, our offensive line wasn't playing as well as they should have played and uh, they were kind of shooting the gaps real hard on us and taking away our inside run. And after halftime, they changed their defense a little bit and was able to open up that middle some. So uh, as we – and that's pretty much all we did.
4: Kevin, in your first season as head coach, have you made tweaks offensively and defensively or are you running pretty similar schemes to uh, what's been in place for the last couple of years?
15: Uh, we're we're running pretty much the same thing that we ran last year. Uh, I'm that guy that if it ain't broke, we're not gonna fix. You know, we're not gonna have to fix it. So it worked for us last year, and we pretty much have the same core group guys back this year, and they're playing pretty well with it. And that's what we're talking going with
1: a, with. Yeah, talking with head coach Kevin Buzzard of the Sherman Tide of Seth. Your ball club through the first three games averaging about 335 yards of offense. Talk about your quarterback, TJ Hager. Uh, Eighteen of thirty-six, three hundred and sixty-nine yards passing, four touchdowns. He's doing a pretty good job for you.
15: Yeah, he is. This is his uh, first year playing the quarterback. He he was a receiver last year. He stepped up. He's uh, It's real impressive. He we what kind of wasn't expecting to throw the ball that much this year, but it's actually working out for us. So he, yeah. Uh, he's really made big improvements from where he was last year. He was our backup last year, but. Uh, he stepped in as a starter. We had a little bit of competition at the beginning of the year to see if uh, how we was going to go go with it who he was going to go with. And he stepped up and, and has taken the reins and he's going with it. He's he's playing real well.
3: Now I know in the uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, the win over River View, you you came out and ran the ball in the second half in the week two win over Tigers of uh, see, who you beat back in week two. Um, I get that for tug, your tug, tug, valley. Tug, tug valley tug valley sorry um you won that game 38 14 you passed the ball in on that one so I guess where I'm going with this is it's a sherman offense where we've seen running the football in week three passing the football in week two do you have a little bit of a balanced approach here in 2021
15: yeah yeah they' it's yeah we do I mean like i said we never thought we was going to be in this position to be able to throw the ball as much as we are we've had the a, a few players come in from that has not played football this year. We've had uh, a kid by the name of Dalton Rollo. He's uh he he plays basketball and uh he came out and played football and he's he's playing out wide. That's a big help and I have a sophomore named Andrew sampson He's he's came in and he's playing well. So we never thought we was gonna get that, that kind of play out of those guys.
4: In addition to T.J. Hager at the quarterback spot. It looks like you got a couple of different running backs that are doing pretty well. CJ Winnell and Colby Buzzard. Different styles, similar styles. How do they kind of play off each other?
15: Well, Colby's like the he's the he didn't get to play much last year. I think he went down in uh I can't remember what week it was where we played so many games other than Friday. But it was actually the uh the Scott game. He went down after the first quarter with a broken wrist, so we didn't really know what we was getting with Colby, but He's a, he's really fast, he's shifty. Uh and CJ he'll just pound you. He's put on about 25 a twenty five pounds of muscle, 25 pounds, and uh it didn't slow him up much. He's he'll just he loves contact, he'll he'll run toward it. He don't run away from it, that's for sure.
1: It's kinda of gay you would like to have Let's talk about your background, Gebret. I know you and I were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago on something else and uh I know you don't work at the school, you, you work at Alpha Natural Resources, but were you Have you always lived in the Seth area?
15: Yeah, I graduated from Sherman. I graduated in 96. And uh, I've coached here for going on seven years now. This may be eight, I think. I was the assistant under – I started with J.D. Fairchild when he was the head coach and just continued with uh, Michael Showalter. Okay. All right. Now,
1: this is the third straight game you've been on the road. You move over into the Class Double A ranks coming up Friday night with the trip to Madison to tangle with the Scott Skyhawks. Uh, what do you see from that ball club right now?
15: They're a pretty good team. I mean, they're young, but they're they're playing real well. I mean, and that's what you you, know, you want good competition. I mean, we we've watched the film on them, and that's, they're a really well coached ball team, and it's going to be a good game. No matter they're a, an county rival, and anytime you play a rival, you never know what you're going to get out of it. So it's going to be a tough game. Last last year, it was a, a good hard fought game. We just come out on top. I think it was just the last person that had the ball,
3: you know. And yeah. Well, you may ask about that, coach, because last year you won that game fourteen to eight, and Sherman holds the edge all time in matchups with Scott 48, 38 and five. And last year's game was the first time that Sherman and Scott had met on the field since two thousand eleven. So as a Sherman grad, having played there, I'm sure you participated in those Scott games back when you were a player. A good rivalry to have kinda of the games back going again between uh, the Skyhawks and the tide. Yeah,
15: yeah it is. It gets everybody it gets everybody going. It puts a good crowd in in the stands and like I said anytime you can play Green County kind of Rival. These kids will always remember this game. You know, I remember the games we played, and it's always intense. There's always – it's always uh, – you never know what you're going to get when you go out there on the field when you play your in-county rival. It being the second second time we played in since 2011, it's, it still gets a little chip, chippy out there.
4: Joined by Sherman head coach Kevin Buzzard. And Kevin, going back to last year, you guys were six and three last year, so you've won nine of your last twelve. Unfortunately, you were the last team left out of the class A playoffs. But did you get the sense that when that team uh finished up last year you had some good momentum and a lot of guys that could maybe carry this uh over into this season?
15: Oh yeah. Yeah, those guys that's all they talked about in the off season was yeah, you know, they was upset that we didn't uh, we didn't get to make it and they was gonna Make sure we didn't we didn't have to be that close anymore. And they've worked hard in the off season. You know, we lost uh, two good linemen last year, and we've replaced them with two pretty good linemen. They uh, they stepped up, and everything's playing well. These guys are they don't quit. They don't know how to. They don't have that in them, and they're 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 mentally strong, and they're, they're a pretty tough bunch of kids. Good, a great group of kids. The coaches there go, keep them up and everything.
1: All right, buddy. You get, uh, Like I said, you got a tough one on the road Friday night, but, I mean, you certainly can't look ahead with the schedule you've got. Every team you've got after this is tough. You've played some tough teams. Take them one at a time and, and see what happens and see if you can get a few playoff games in Satini Field there in Seth, okay? That'll be great. it be fun. Hey, Kevin, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk again soon, okay? All right, buddy. Thank you. There you go. Head coach Kevin Buzzard. Uh, now the head man at Sherman High School down in County and Seth. And uh, 3-0 on the season, so off a good start at number six in this week's class single-A rankings from the WVSSAC. Break to take. We've got uh, still coming up Tim Brown, of Cameron, David Darsh, of Point Pleasant, Thomas Coker of Gilmer County. All in that and a whole lot more. Stay with us on High School Sports Time.
16: Many hold up California and New York as shining examples of the clean energy movement. But West Virginia, with all its fossil energy commerce and thousands of energy workers, ranks nearly four times better than California and two times better than New York in overall carbon output. California dreaming takes on new meaning when confronted with the facts. West Virginia's coal industry and electric utilities have been working to decrease emissions for decades. In fact, over 90% of all airborne contaminants have been eliminated, while the amount of coal used to manufacture electricity has tripled. This is a phenomenal and noteworthy record. Unfortunately, industry detractors' call for the immediate elimination of coal usage. They deny any benefit to the $14 billion in economic input our industries provide and the workers we employ. They also deny the critical importance of fossil energy to assuring uninterrupted power, grid stability, and energy security. West Virginia is demonstrating we can have a world-class energy sector that provides jobs while being a model for employing carbon reduction technologies.
2: A message from the Friends of Coal. This is the high school sports line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News is your source for high school sports coverage and the exclusive home of the High high School Sports Line. Fred Persinger, Dave Jeklin, and Joe Braccato bring you the latest scores and news along with player and coach interviews and in-depth stories. Get your high school sports fix every Wednesday night starting at 7.06 p.m. And follow your favorite team all season long. The High School Sports Line. Here on the Metro News Radio Network and online at wvmetronews.com.
9: Your source for what's happening in West Virginia is WVMetroNews.com. Get the latest statewide news, sports reports from WVU, Marshall, and your local high school teams. Explore the great outdoors with Chris Lawrence. Read Hoppy Kirchible's daily commentary. And catch up on your favorite Metro News programs and podcasts. Stay informed anytime, anywhere with WVMetroNews.com. Metro News for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia.
3: <laughs> football season is here. Hi, everyone. I'm Brad Howe, inviting you to join us each week for our podcast, The Game Within the Game, presented by DraftKings. Each week, I'll be joined by longtime Las Vegas odds maker Dave Sharapan and Julian Edlow from DraftKings as we dive deep into the NFL and college football. We'll hit it all: player props, game totals, and sides.
10: As we provide you with actionable information you can use to gain an edge, it's the game. Game. Game
13: Within the Game,
8: presented by DraftKings. Hi, this is Hoppy of West Virginia, in many ways, is a diverse state, often with different issues, challenges, and successes, depending on where you live. But we're also a small state, and we're all connected by being West Virginians. Every day from 10.06 till noon, I talk about and provide insight into the events that shape who we are. My approach is tough but fair, and we may disagree, but together we'll stay abreast of what's going on in our great state. Successes, the hardships, the challenges, and, of course, the politics that contribute to making us who we are. So join me weekdays, 10.06 till noon, for Metro News Talk Line.
2: your favorite team at the high school page of wvmetronews.com. Now, back to the high school sports line on Metro News.
1: It's Wednesday night,
2: the 15th
1: of September, middle of month already about 10 minutes past 8 on this Wednesday evening back to the phones. We go hit coach Tim Brown. Camera, Dragons in town, Magnolia postponed. Don't get to play this we will talk about that in just a second. All Tim program. Hello, Jim. You with me?
14: Yeah. Hey, he's kind of cutting out there for a minute. How are uh, you doing I'm sorry, tonight? I, I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? Doing well. Uh, a little, I, a little I, disappointed we don't get a play yeah. this Friday, but
1: I noticed stats to be at Magnolia, but uh, that game's been postponed. Well, uh, let me ask you this, how's, how's your kids? I mean, after last year, man. I mean, everybody was like, you know, and rightfully so. It was horrible. And then you get to this year and the summer went pretty good, and everybody's thinking, okay, fine, we're back, we're back, we're back. And now maybe not so much. So talk about your kids. Once they got the news you're not playing this week, uh, you know, how's that affecting them right now?
14: You know, they're, they're uh, a little bit uh, upset about not getting to play, but they're more concerned about what's going to happen the rest of the season. You know, I mean, last year we, we had just a crazy season for everybody. Uh, you know, our kids did the best they could. You know, we were rescheduling games, and, you know, one one week we found out on a Tuesday you're playing on a Thursday, and it was just nuts. You know, this year we come back, we had some stability. You know, the kids had some, uh, you, you know, they're back to the grind. They started getting excited. You know, they started, started really having a lot of fun. You know, and then they, they got off to a great start. We had three home games in a row, uh, had some really good opponents, and, and we ended up winning those games. So. They were on cloud nine, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we don't get a play. And, and of course, everybody's like, well, are we going to pick somebody up? We're going to play this person, that person. Well, the rules have changed in West Virginia, obviously. So, you know, if you can't play, if you can't reschedule, then it's a forfeit, unfortunately, for the team that can't, you know, that caused the the, uh, the problem. And, you know, we, I talked to Dave Chapman down at Magnolia. We, we couldn't get it rescheduled, but... You know, God forbid this thing happens in a couple weeks, where you know, two, three weeks from now, maybe my opponent can't play again, maybe Magnolia's opponent can't play again. Well, then we're going to try to get that game in, you know, down at Magnolia, so that so we can play one of our scheduled games. But you know, the odds of that happening aren't aren't very uh, high.
3: But you
14: know. We're hoping that if something bad does got happen, we've at least got a game that we can play.
3: And that would be the matchup, of course, as you and Fred are talking about, with Magnolia being postponed mm-hmm. uh, for this weekend. Your team is 3-0. and The Cameron Dragons wins over West Green out of Pennsylvania. Frontier Ohio last weekend and 100, kind of sandwiched there in the middle. Last two games have been fairly comfortable for your team but the first game, a six-point win over West Green at home. Talk about that opening week win. Uh, that was a nail-biter. How would you guys pull that one out by six a couple weeks ago?
14: Well, you know, that that is, that is a very good team. They have great size, uh, speed. Uh, you know, they just had a little bit of everything, and we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, we thought that if we came in and played our perfect game that we could beat them. Uh, We've we played far from a perfect game. Uh, You know, we we had some miscues here and there, but the one thing that was steady in that game was our kids' determination. I mean, our kids played hard. They played aggressively. Um, You know, that was the difference, I thought. I I just thought that they played hard enough to – and I talked to their coach after the game and I said, I guess, you know, you guys made one more mistake than we did. Is kind of the way it went because uh, both sides of the ball – you know, we're playing pretty tough, but we made a lot of mistakes. So I was really, pl- really proud that my uh, kids had the tenacity to just keep going, go to the next play, keep trying to win. And, and uh, you know, when time ran out, we had a win, and we were really, really happy about that. And I think it gave them a lot of confidence.
11: Tim, I know
4: last year was strange on every team, but for you guys in particular, not only did you have kind of the erratic schedule of only playing seven games, but you had the new field being installed. So I know a couple of games were uh, at, at different locations. Now that you've got that brand new turf down, how nice does the stadium look like? And does it give the guys a shot in the arm to be able to come to that every day and
11: work?
14: It really does. I mean, we have a great uh, you know, facilities building we have a great field. Uh, you know the Cameron crowd's always there. They always show up, and and it's been so much fun to just play in Cameron for the people of Cameron, and our kids just thrive. Uh, you know in that environment, there's so many people cheering for them. Our student section does great. You know, so it, it was exciting to come out and get a win like that on the first night, and then now three wins in a row on that field because we were supposed to get a play on that field last year and we did not play one game on that field with everything going on. So it's been it's been great.
1: Let's talk about your ball club in, in particular. You're averaging about 235 yards on the ground. Uh, a lot of that comes from IT ball. Talk about that young man for a second.
14: Well, you know, obviously if you've got a good running game, there's a reason for that. Uh, our offensive line is doing a great job. And our our receivers and quarterback are doing a nice job, and and that way, you know, you can if you have a balanced attack, that that allows that that run game to do a lot better. But but Ike Ball, uh, he's just been a tremendous athlete for us for the last three years. Uh, you know, he played receiver, then he moved running back last year. It doesn't matter where you put that kid on the field, he's going to make plays. Uh, you know, he's that kind of kid that comes to practice every day. Doesn't say anything, works his butt off, and, and you know, his lime and his teammates love him. and uh, We're really glad to have him. Uh, you know, the chemistry with this team's really good.
3: Colson Wichterman, the quarterback, has had a couple of nice weeks as well. Talk about his play under center. He can run and he can throw, can't he?
14: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a tremendous young athlete, and uh, he's fortunate to have – you know, a senior class that's got a lot of kids in there. Uh, you know, he's got eight ball in the backfield to go to. He's got guys to throw to, uh, out there, you know, in the junior and senior class, a lot of them. Uh, so they've really, uh, you know, taken care of him and, and, you know, he's a good leader. He, he's the kind of kid that he doesn't point his finger at anybody else. You know, if somebody's a little upset. He's like, Hey, it's my fault. You know, let's go to the next play. And, uh, you know, with that kind of leadership and ability, he's going to go a long way this year and, and years to come. But uh, again, the chemistry between these kids is fantastic. doesn't matter if they're a senior or a freshman, everybody's you know working together and trying to get better.
4: We're joined on high school sports line by Cameron High School head coach Tim Brown. And as you mentioned a little bit ago, unfortunately, no game against Magnolia this weekend. But does the bye week come at a good time? Are you able to work on some some things that needed to get shirt up? What's kind of the blueprint for this week that you guys have been following?
14: Well, you know, it's exactly you have to take it like that, that it's a good thing. Uh, so we've talked to our kids about that, about how this gives us a little bit of time to get ready for a very good opponent next week in, uh, you know, we Madonna and we've got to look ahead at some of their film. Uh, some of our kids have, have been through some little sicknesses here and there. So they're kind of get, they got a little bit of time to get healed up. Uh, you know, we got a couple kids got banged up a little bit in the game Friday night, so they've had time to heal. Uh, you know, we got to take a day off Monday. You don't get too many days off in high school football. And then we came in Tuesday and Wednesday. The kids have worked very, very hard. Um, You know, they're looking forward to getting to play again. And, um, you know, I I think that having this time for them to heal, to kind of get back to to some of the basics, um, you know, our coaching staff, you know, Coach Burge, Coach uh, Martin, Those guys have went back and looked at film, and and they're showing kids, here's what you did right, here's what you did wrong. You know, let's work on fixing this so we have less mistakes and less penalties. And uh, I I think, you know, given this time in the middle of the season, it's going to show up later in the year.
1: Uh, But I'm going to let you go. before. before I do, one final thought. Um, So I think with the time that we're in and COVID and everything, this also has to be a deep time you guys as coaches because you know friday night you got your kids right there with you, you control them that's a controlled environment uh this friday night you won't have that and then i'm sure you're are aware of the fact you know hey we got to be smart to this thing us well so, uh, it's got to be a, a big time teaching time right now in high school football
14: it is you know i mean it it, it also puts you in your place uh you know high school football is important and they learn lessons there that they can never learn in the classroom. But it also, you know, with this COVID and everything going on, you know, that social responsibility, that, uh, you know, keeping your family safe, keeping your team safe, you know, those are important things, uh, important lessons in life. And and our coaches are trying to do a really good job of, of leading these kids in the right direction. And, uh, you know, some of our uh, our players are doing a great job of saying, hey, let's not go here. Let's not, you know, do this because, you know, we don't want to get COVID. We don't want to ruin our chances of having a great season.
1: Yeah, just got to be smart. Hey, Tim, off to a start, buddy. Best of luck, and uh, hopefully you're on the good iron next night, okay?
14: All right. Hey, thanks for having us on. Uh, you know, the Dragons really appreciate
1: that. Thanks, Coach. Hey, anytime, Coach Tim Brown of the Cameron Dragons off to a great start, 3-0. and Just don't play this week. I wonder, he had a great career at Notre Dame, didn't he? I that's, that's <laughs> wrong, the same wrong Tim Brown. Son of a get uh, Dave darts. the big blacks at Point Pleasant coming up. This is a School Sports line. Comax Business Systems is your authorized Conicum and Ulta dealer, and will assist you in finding the right products to meet your specific needs. Plus, we have a complete in-house IT department with certified network engineers on staff to handle all of your IT needs. Many companies are increasing their efficiency and cutting costs by outsourcing their IT needs to us. We also offer help desk, system monitoring, maintenance, backup, and disaster recovery service. service, and more. We
5: treat you better. Come on and see us and you'll say much more.
1: Comax Business Systems. Call 1-888-483-7440. The West Virginia Golf Association 2021 VIP Card is still available to purchase. As a VIP Card holder, you have access to 67 private, public, and resort courses at exclusive rates. Plus, the VIP Card offers additional fall savings at the Greenbrier, where you can play the Meadows course for just $165 through October. The Resort at Glade Springs Cobb Course, only $35 starting October
2: 11th. And Stonewall Resort, October 18th. This is the high school sports line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Nobody covers West Virginia like Metro News. Start each weekday at 6.06 a.m. with the Morning News. Veteran anchors Chris Lawrence and Carrie Hudasek deliver the day's biggest stories, along with in-depth reports from Jeff Jenkins, Alex Thomas, and Jake Flatley. The Morning News also brings you the latest in sports from Kyle Wiggs and Joe Bracato, Hoppy Kirchival's daily commentary, and the entertainment report. The Morning News on the Metro News Radio Network and at wvmetronews.com. Hey,
8: everybody. It's Tony. And
2: I'm Brad Howe. And that makes two of the three
8: guys that bring you the podcast entitled Creatively Enough. Three Guys Before the Game. It's our opportunity to really drill down on WVU football and basketball. We break down the opponent and then review every single game. We'll give you some numbers. We'll bicker back and forth. We'll take your calls, your texts, your tweets, and get into some of your questions. And we invite you to
2: join us each and every episode. It's Three Guys Before the Game from Metro News. West Virginia Outdoors is the month- State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than twenty-five years.
13: We're uh, mainly
14: a fly fishing group. A lot of guys in there are very conservation-minded. We're not a trout-based kind of
2: community, which is what the state offers. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors, I watched this fawn. It had noticed something in the woods, and I thought,
17: "Well, here comes the deer I've been looking for." The dough started watching, and I look. Here comes a skunk, and this doe stomps the time out of this skunk, and it sprays everywhere. I've got the best cover scent you can imagine, right there. You know, for the rest of the evening. You know, so.
2: West Virginia outdoors covers it all. Saturday mornings at seven oh six a.m. And for your daily fix, outdoors today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Covering high school sports across West Virginia, this is the High School Sports Line on Metro News. It's Wednesday night, the
1: 15th of September. Fred, Dave and Joe with you on Wednesday evening, High School Sports Line. And we're pleased to welcome to the microphone now, Coach Dave Hurst, the Big Blacks of Point Dave, welcome in. Hey, how you guys doing tonight?
17: Good, doing Coach. Well, uh, how are the Big Blacks doing right now? Well, we're doing we're doing good. Just getting ready for another game. That's good news, isn't
1: it? A lot of teams can't see that. Let's talk about yeah. your ball club. Sixty six last week. You put on the board against a uh, uh, Mingo Central ball club that you guys have had some rivalry games in the past. Uh, tell me about what's going right right now, ball club.
17: Well, you know we're we're kind of getting everybody defined in their roles. You know, I. I got a nice school running back here and Gavin Jeffers and Evan Roach at quarterbacks doing a real good job of handling the offense. And he understands, you know, what we expect from him. And, uh, you know, uh, we've got a young offensive line, but, uh, you know, the kids are really doing a good job and, and, uh, you know, we're starting to, you know, we're starting to roll. Uh, we, we ran through some issues there early with some of the same things everybody else ran through there the first week or two with kids not being there and everything, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, I'm I'm happy with what I've seen out of his offensively.
3: Now, Coach, I want to take you back the first couple of weeks of the season. As Fred mentioned, you beat Mingo Central last weekend 66-28 to go 2-1 and one on the year. But Point Pleasant opened the season with a 10-point loss at home to Greenbrier East. Then you had to rally to beat Gallia Academy 26-22 in Week 2. Ta- take me back to that Week 2 win because you trailed that game by 16 in the first half. So... What turned it around because that springboard for the comeback win in week two carried over into week three.
17: Well, you know, our kids just kind of, we got behind pretty quick. galpin got, got a lot of talented athletes over there. And, uh, they jumped out on us early and our kids kind of hung in there. And, uh, then a couple of things went, went our way and, uh, we started moving the ball well. And, uh, uh, the kids, uh, you know, we, we, we got back in the game and, uh, you know, um, I would I would say what really got us going was just the fact that that we were having a lot of success with our offense, and then the kids got excited about seeing us move the ball. And and uh, you know, we ended up getting in some situations where we could shut down Galpus a little bit. And uh, they got a pretty potent offense, but uh, you know, in the second half, it became a real ball game, and uh, you know, we got lucky and pulled one out there
4: you mentioned Evan Roach a little bit earlier and and you guys don't put the ball in the air a ton, but it seems like he's very active in the run game. Kind of describe his overall game and what he's able to give you guys.
17: Well, you know, he's, like I said, he understands his role very well. And Evan, Evan's a great, great little quarterback for me. And, you know, we're going to ask him to do, do what we need to do in a ball game. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, very, very capable runner. You know, he was my starting tailback last year, you know, and, and played quarterback half a year the year before as a freshman when Hunter Bush was out, and uh, so the kids, uh, you know, then he played junior high quarterback all the way through. So uh, it's been in the plans for him to come in and kind of take this role, and uh, you know uh, he he understands what I want to do with the offense, and uh, and uh, and it's like you know it's really nice having him out there because he he you know, he he does a good job of of looking at defenses and reading what we want to do. Yeah, I think the I think the best
1: news about Evan only a junior.
17: Yeah, yeah, him him and the Jeffers boy both are juniors and I think I start four uh, four sophomore linemen uh, on the team. Uh and uh well three this week, but uh, typically four. Um so we're we're a young group. We've got a, a junior wide receiver that's six four, six five, two thirty, that's state champion discus thrower last year, Cody Schultz and so you know, we've got some young kids that are, that are really stepping in some roles, and I think, I think we're going to be a team that, that, that I should see an improvement from all year long. That's what we're hoping for.
3: Now you talk about having a young team at Point Pleasant, Coach, but this is the 100th year of varsity football at Point. Talk a little bit about that, celebrations or different things that might hopefully be coming up later on in the year to uh, celebrate 100 years of big black football.
17: Well, I think that's that was one of the reasons why we may have played well last week. That was our hundred year game. God Um, You know, it was a big crowd here, and we had a big, big celebration the night before, and a big parade, and and we had a bunch of alumni in here, and uh, we did like a a player walk across the field, and had a big pep rally, and and we brought back guys from the fifties and the sixties, and had scott burris who played at a high state and and played pro football was in here and uh you know it was just a big deal so i i think that inspired the kids a lot too but uh um you know um it's it's great i mean you know 100 years of football and um you know we the kids are all excited about that and and uh you know uh I'm not going to be around for the 200-year one, so I'm glad I'm here for the
7: 100.
4: <laughs> We're joined by Point Pleasant head coach David Darston High School Sportsline. And, and, David, I'm sure you'd be thrilled if you get the same result for your football team in December that you had with your boys' track team back in June uh, winning a state championship. And you mentioned a young man in Cody Schultz who's on uh, both teams. I know you've got some other guys that are on both teams. Talk about how – you know are the, are the skill sets similar does one help the other and how many crossover guys do you have that do both sports
17: oh we got we got quite a few guys that are crossover guys you know uh and, and the same with our with our uh soccer program with chip wood who's my assistant track coach you know we we do a good job of getting those athletes out in both sports for track and uh and then wood definitely carries over i mean the jeffers boy was uh he was on the 4 by one and four by two relay teams that were state champions and you know, now here he is coming in, and uh, it's kind of fun because, you know, he's kind of been in the, the back burner, and now, now it's his turn to be to be that featured back for me. And, uh, man, he's come out like, like a ball of fire. I think he's got, you know, in three ball games, four hundred and four hundred and seventy 470 yards or something like that. You know, he's really come out and done well. And, uh, and uh, obviously, the short school. When I got Trey Peck, who's – you're probably going to see more and more from him as the year goes on, playing that slot position where I had, you know, Wamsley, Wamsley, Wamsley. <laughs> I had a Wamsley there for 12 years. I probably don't have a Wamsley there anymore, but uh, uh, this kid's pretty, pretty, pretty good athlete. Talk
1: about the opponent coming up Friday night. Uh, you've got a what seems to be the start of hopefully a good series again with. Glenn, you played them in 2011, uh, 12, and 13. Then didn't play them twice last year. Once regular season, once in the playoffs. You're right. three and two. This will be the sixth meeting uh, between you two ball clubs. It's a that's a good matchup, isn't it?
17: Well, you know it is. Uh, I tell you, they uh, and Coach Coach Fernand does a great job. I mean, they. They were a very impressive football team last year, and it's a shame that they didn't get to finish this year out because, you know, we've played some of them other teams, and they were good too. But uh, I tell you, Patterson and that crew were pretty darn good. And, uh, you know, he's got a real good plan for how he attacks you, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. I mean, uh, he's game planning all the time, and, you know, he's uh, he's not just going to line up and say, okay, well, this is what <laughs> this is what we're doing tonight. He does a really good job of, of looking out there, you know, they use the sideline system and I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I'm a pretty quick learner myself. I saw him doing that last year. So we now have that too. Uh, we, we have the sideline system where we can get every play after, after each snap and look at it. And I, and i tell you, that's an advantage for us. I, I, I see that now with these young linemen, I'm getting them over there on the sideline. I'm like, look, look right here, you know, and, and instead of waiting until Monday, you know, when you're breaking film down with them, I can do it right there on Friday night. And, uh, you know, uh, they're doing that up there, and uh, I think that's a, a bad advantage. You know, uh, Oakland's, uh they're just a quality program. I and, mean, you know, I, I enjoy playing those kind of teams. And, I, you know, we're going to find out real quickly where we stand when we go over there and play them.
3: Well, that's always kind of been the thing with Point Pleasant football. You're not afraid to go play anybody, anywhere, anytime, and, and this is the first road game of the year.
17: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're used to traveling, so, yeah. uh, you know, it's – uh, we, we do pretty good with it. And our kids, you know, they, they kind of get excited about knowing that they're going to go to a nice facility. You know, I'm gonna, if I'm going to travel, I want to go somewhere. You know, we took them down to Bluefield, which, you know, you can't beat that facility. We've been, we're heading to Kaiser and we've been over there for a playoff game and that's a beautiful place. And, you know, Oakland's facilities are fantastic. And, you know, uh, we've been up to Brook and, you know, you can't beat that, that facility there. So it's, you know, it's nice to get them on the road when you go somewhere that, you know, the kids get off the bus, like, wow, man, this is, you know, this is nice.
4: David, we've talked about some of your stat leaders and guys that uh, jump off the page with their numbers. Who are some other guys that have kind of caught your eye and that you've maybe got more and more out of this year than you thought coming
11: in?
17: Well, Kobe, Colby Price has been probably one of our big mainstays. You know, he's a, he's a offensive tackle, defensive tackle for me that's uh, that's really had a good football season this year already. And, uh, really smart kid and you know gets a lot done and Braden Connolly's another one that's uh he'll play some offense for me and then he's a he's kind of a mainstay on the defensive side of the ball and those two guys, you know, it's their senior year and they've they've been they were good players before, but you know, you love it when you see you know, I've always tell the kids, you know, guys, if you're gonna have a great year, let's make it your senior year. That way you leave here, when you leave Point Pleasant like, man, I had a great senior season, you know, it was just, and, and, you know, you leave with that, that good feeling about being in the program, and these two kids are really those type of kids that are having a good year, and, you know, Xander Watson's another one that's a real good player for me, that's a senior, and so I'm happy with, you know, from what I'm getting from those guys. I've
1: been doing it a while. How exciting, how good is it for you to see kids that played for you, and then, and then come back, and, and still want to be around the program, whether it's, outside the fence on a Friday night or stopping by a practice
0: or whatever
17: oh it's you know this week was really special because I mean everybody was back you know uh, for the 100 years and uh, just got a chance to really uh, spend some time and and see a lot of kids that I haven't seen for a while and you know uh, uh, those kids are yeah they're always been you know they come in they'll they'll tell a story about you know this is how we did things and you know that pressure of being a successful football team is always on those next group of kids because of the ones that were there before I mean, them, that, and that makes it really nice.
1: Yeah. Now they say, oh, man, man Coach Darst, he's easy. You he should have seen the way he was on B. man. He's real tough on me. That's kind of fun. Hey, huh? buddy, yeah. best of luck to travel Friday night, first of four straight games on the road, but take them one at a time and see what happens, okay?
17: Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Coach. Anytime, anytime. Coach Dave Darst. Big Blacks at Point Pleasant on the road against Oak Glen. I'm telling you, Joe, that, should, that could be a very good football game Friday night. No
4: question. And uh, first game on the new turf at Oak Glen. They had to play their uh, season opener at uh, Brook High School, but uh, first game they'll be on the new turf.
1: So we got Joe Bricado. He's going to where'd you, Are you going to Bridgeport? Yes. Okay. We got Greg Carey going. Where's he going?
4: To RCB Kaiser at Kaiser. Hey
1: Dave. Yes, sir. Uh, I, let's go to Oak Glen. Works for me. Let Kennedy and Joe Nelson take care of tonight.
4: There's good people in New Manchester.
1: Ah, uh, see? Good food?
4: But, well, I, I'm assuming yes. I, I haven't been able to sample many of the local restaurants yet, but I'll be sure to do so.
1: Do so. Let me know. Okay. We need to take a break. I'm looking forward to talking to this next guy. Young County's off to another good start. Thomas Coker is our next guest on High School Sports Line. Stay with us.
4: Moving West Virginia forward starts with improving the schools that serve students all across the mountain state. The Thrasher Group's team of dedicated K-12 architects and designers bring an innovative perspective to the education market and stand ready to give West Virginia classrooms the progressive edge they deserve. Whether it's a simple classroom addition, a state-of-the-art athletic complex, or a brand new facility, Thrasher's got it. Find out why Thrasher is the firm of first choice for K-12 design solutions
13: at thethrashergroup.com. Concord University has been a part of your community for nearly 150 years. More than ever before, it is important that you get a college degree to ensure a better life for you and your family. You don't have to go far from home. Sure, Concord started as a teacher's college, and we still produce great teachers. But we also prepare students for professional school for careers as lawyers, doctors, physical therapists, veterinarians, chemists, physician assistants, pharmacists, and more. Application and registration for the spring 2022 semester is now underway at Concord University, and tuition is free for those who qualify. Check us out at Concord
2: This is the high school sports line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Nobody covers West Virginia like Metro News. Start each weekday at 6.06 a.m. with the Morning News. Veteran anchors Chris Lawrence and Carrie Hudasek deliver the day's biggest stories, along with in-depth reports from Jeff Jenkins, Alex Thomas, and Jake Flatley. The Morning News also brings you the latest in sports from Kyle Wiggs and Joe Bracato, Hoppy Kirchible's daily commentary, and the entertainment report. The Morning News on the Metro News Radio Network and at wvmetronews.com. Hey,
8: everybody. It's Tony. And
2: I'm Brad Howe. And that makes two
8: of the three guys that bring you the podcast entitled Creatively Enough. Three Guys Before the Game. It's our opportunity to really drill down on WVU football and basketball. We break down the opponent and then review every single game. We'll give you some numbers. We'll bicker back and forth. We'll take your calls, your texts, your tweets, and get into some of your questions.
2: And we invite you to join us each and every episode. It's Three Guys Before the Game from Metro News. West Virginia Outdoors is the month- State's only hook and bullet radio show. Dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state, award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. We're
14: uh, mainly a fly fishing group. A lot of guys in there are very conservation-minded. We're not a trout-based kind of community, which is what this state offers. Whether it's
2: hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. i watched this fawn. It had noticed something
17: in the woods, and I thought, well, here comes the deer I've been looking for. The dough started watching, and I look. Here comes a skunk, and this doe stomps the time out of this skunk, and it sprays everywhere. I've got the best cover scent you can imagine, right there. You know, for the rest of the evening. You know, so.
2: West Virginia outdoors covers it all. Saturday mornings at 7:06 a.m. And for your daily fix, outdoors today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia from football to golf we've got you covered on the high school sports line from metro news welcome back in on this
1: wednesday evening it is the 15th day of september for singer dave jackson and joe brucano with you on metro news radio network high school sports line over friday night from nine p.m. till midnight, high school game night with myself and Dave, and uh, we'll have all the scores of all the games and talk with a lot of people. Again, now it's a pleasure to talk with Head Coach of Gilmer County Titans, off to a two and one start, number eleven, and the latest group of rankings released by the SSAC. coach. Welcome into the program.
15: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, our pleasure to talk about your club right now, averaging. Up to 413 yards offensively, 271 passing, 141 on the ground. Talk to your ball club right now.
18: Yeah, I think they're really starting to come together. I mean, uh, in, in the past, we haven't had a whole lot of participation in the weight room, and that changed for us this summer. We had a group of about 20 kids really get out there and start getting after it. Um, last week was the first time that we had all of our starting offensive linemen together for the, for the same game. And it really showed. I mean, they gelled well and they really led the effort for us up front last week.
3: What what do you think one of the changes was, has been at Gilmer County then coach to get those players in the weight room? You talk about those 20 guys who kind of took it upon themselves. What was the kind of the turning of the card to get that done?
18: We just had some leaders step up, um, and and their kids have been our, in our program since they were freshmen, and they're the ones that have been buying in, buying in, and they brought a lot of other kids with them. Uh, they started buying in, started working hard. So it was it was really just uh, some good senior leaders stepping up.
11: Looking at
4: your offensive stats this year, Coach, it looks like you're about as close to fifty fifty running pass as we see a lot of teams be was that by design coming into the season or did you get maybe some contributions from some other from from some guys that have maybe led to that equal distribution of run and pass
18: we like to make teams defend the whole field um, I, I think you have to do both um, the defense always dictates dictates what we're going to do i mean if they're if they're playing cover 4 over top we're going to run the ball if they're stacking the box we're going to throw the ball we try to make them defend the entire field
1: Give you an opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of pretty places high school teams play now. But let me give you an opportunity to talk about where DeKalb County gets to play high school football. I'm telling you, I Elmore Stadium is one of the most beautiful places I think I've ever seen.
18: Yeah, we're, we are fortunate to be able to play at that facility. The, the college has a great working relationship with us. They they help us out a bunch. We help them mm-hmm. out a little bit. Uh, but it, it is really nice out there. The bleachers have seats on the back. There's a big screen up there. Um, it, it is really nice.
3: First game of the season, a tough one against East Hardy. You dropped that one by a couple of touchdowns at home. Bounce back with nice wins 54 points in a win over Webster County, 39 points last week in a win over Wirt County. Fred talked about the offense as far as passing and running the football this year. A big part of this Titan success. Is at quarterback and Ian Hamrick, the senior, talk about how his senior year has gone. Three games deep.
18: Yeah, he's off to a great start. You guys were talking about some of the numbers he's putting up there. Um, his numbers are up up there with anybody in the state. I mean, he's got 12 touchdowns, no interception. He's completing over 70 percent of his passes, and and he's one of those leaders that pulled some of the other kids into the weight room. Um, pulled some other kids in, and as good a football player he is, he, he's a better kid, guys. He, he's really special.
4: you got a couple of great wide receivers, uh, seniors leading the way, Elijah Facemeyer, but in particular, Avery Chapman, eight touchdown catches so far this season. Describe his game. Is he a deep threat? How, does he go over the middle? Does he do all the above?
18: Yeah, he'll, he'll do whatever we need him to. Uh, he, he is. The main deep threat, he, he's got a top gear. He can get away from some other kids that are running with him. And he has got a strong enough arm to stretch the field out there and get it to it. Um, you said, Hey, some of the other guys are doing great too. Um, Elijah Facemire's got a bunch of catches, a couple of touchdowns. Garrett Butler's got a couple of touchdowns, a bunch of catches. Uh, we're, we're pretty explosive out on the edges and we've just got a lot of depth out there right now.
1: Coming up, this, coming up this Friday night, you welcome the White Falcons of Wahama to Ike-Morris Stadium. But give me your thoughts on the ball club right now.
18: Uh, Wahama is probably one of the best 0-2 teams I've seen on film. They took Richie to the mat last week, an overtime loss. They're, they're very explosive, a lot of misdirection, a lot of speed on the field. That physical play hard, they're, they're a good football team.
3: So what do you have to do then coming up with the White Falcons on Friday? Well, you know, Not give away the game plan, obviously, but uh, where does your team need to perform well then against Wahama?
18: It will come back to those guys up front that really gelled for us last week. We're going to have to, to contain that speed a little bit, try to keep them off the edges, and then stop their dive play. They're physical up the middle, too. They're, they're a pretty good team. Uh, but, yeah, that's it. We're just going to have to try to control their speed.
4: Joined on high school sports line by Gilmer County head coach, Thomas Coger and, and a winning season for you guys last year with a five and four record. You narrowly missed the playoffs, but I imagine when you won that last game and saw, looked around the locker room and saw a lot of guys that would be back, what was your level of confidence that this year coming in could be something
18: special? You're right. Uh, last year we were, we were really junior heavy. We had two seniors on the entire roster and, uh, like I said, the guys have been playing with us since they were freshmen, so they grew up in the program. And I knew we weren't going to have to spend a lot of time installing things. We were just going to have to review and really hit the ground running with those that many seniors on the team. And it's been that way. I mean, like, like you said, the first week against East Hardy, they came in there, they had a, a tragic event. Uh, they lost one of their players, Josh there right before they played us. And uh, we had a good team coming in here playing with a lot of emotion, and uh, we just couldn't match it. They, they they, really took care of us.
1: All right, my friends. Well, ranked 11th in the state right now, 2-1. and one. Doesn't mean a thing until <laughs> end of the regular season after you've told your kids that. But every game is important. Best of luck to you coming up Friday night, okay? Thank you, guys. Hey, appreciate it. Head coach Thomas Coker. Of the Titans of Gilmer County. Again, they are home this week at Islemore Stadium, uh, right there at Greenville State College, and they will host the White Falcons of Wahama. today, we come back. We will select
16: our games of the week. Stay with us on High School Sports Time. Many hold up California and New York as shining examples of the clean energy movement. But West Virginia, with all its fossil energy commerce and thousands of energy workers, ranks nearly four times better than California and two times better than New York in overall carbon output. California Dreamin' takes on new meaning when confronted with the facts. West Virginia's coal industry and electric utilities have been working to decrease emissions for decades. In fact, over 90% of all airborne contaminants have been eliminated, while the amount of coal used to manufacture electricity has tripled. This is a phenomenal and noteworthy record. Unfortunately, industry detractors call for the immediate elimination of coal usage. They deny any benefit to the $14 billion in economic input our industries provide and the workers we employ. They also deny the critical importance of fossil energy to assuring uninterrupted power, grid stability, and energy security. West Virginia is demonstrating we can have a world-class energy sector that provides jobs while being a model for employing carbon reduction technologies. A message from the Friends of Coal.
2: This is the high school sports line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
9: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years. The voice of West Virginia.
10: Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia
2: this morning, the biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. Good morning, I'm Chris Lawrence, and we are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
3: There have been 59 COVID outbreaks in schools across West Virginia. Governor Jim Justice, during a Labor Day media briefing, said the outbreaks are in 26 counties. 19 schools are temporarily closed, and 30 out of the 55 counties have declared mask mandates for for schools.
9: Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. We had uh, Labor Day high school football Hoke up over Chapmanville 52-12. Labor Day men's soccer. Number 10 West Virginia. The Mountaineers into the top 10 in the country in men's soccer now. Played to a scoreless tie with Loyola 0-0.
2: And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. The day's biggest stories. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com soccer to volleyball we've got you covered on the high school sports line from metro news
1: coming up it's week number four the high school football season and uh, a lot of great games a lot of great games to look at tonight uh as far as our games of the week and we have a few minutes to take a look see you uh, know GW that's undefeated against undefeated number three against number 5 we you've got uh Spring and Jefferson. How about Jefferson? How about those Doers, 3-0, and number 5 in the state. Spring Mills, number 9 in the state, 2-1. and one. Uh, I think you're going to have a really good game. Joe, Fairmont's team, at Bridgeport. Uh, we always know what that's about. Uh, Parkersburg, South Parkersburg, what a rival game that is. Talking with Mike Bias. Uh, what are you guys looking at right now?
3: You know, one game that I, I don't think we're going to pick, but I want to make mention of this. You're talking about teams that are playing well. How about Lincoln County at, yep. at, in the top 16? They're two and one. Won their last two ball games over Roan County and Ripley. And they're 2-1, and one. they're 14th in the state. So not going to pick that one, Lincoln County, Oak Hill. But I did want to make mention, Lincoln County in that top 16, so so great for that program here early in the year.
4: And we expect to see Martinsburg undefeated at this point of the year or at any point in the year, but they've got a great challenge going up against a Highland Springs team that's 2-1 and one so far in the fall, but they were back in the spring. Remember, Virginia had spring football last year. They got all the way to the championship game in the state's Class 5A bracket, lost in the championship game in overtime, and uh, apparently have a lot of guys back. So Martinsburg, uh, you know, we're used to seeing them pass some very good road tests in Virginia. This is another one of those. All right,
1: you know what? Here's yes. my vote. Here's okay. my vote, and you guys take it wherever you want. I like Springville the Jets. I think it's two. Closely competitive ball clubs, both in the Eastern handle. one two and one, one's three and zero, oh, number nine, number five. My thought.
3: No, and I and I like that idea from this standpoint. Spring Mills and Jefferson, kind of the winner of that game. It's almost like it's a, a contest in a way. The winner of that game then eventually gets to play Martinsburg. You know who's going to stand up and try to kind of punch Martinsburg in the nose a little bit. It's kind of like an elimination game, if you will. Spring Mills and Jefferson well, yeah. to get that chance later.
1: Yeah, Jefferson. Jefferson possibly what could they be if they win? Maybe they're defeated? If they play Martinsburg. Who knows?
3: Obviously the uh, Musselman
1: next week. They uh, know, already played Musselman. Yeah, they, they, they beat, beat Musselman last week. until three weeks, four weeks from now. So yeah. we'll see about that one. But I think Huntington a, GW think, is a Joe?
3: yeah. Huntington GW yeah. is a good one too, Joe. Oh no question about had, it. We just did Huntington, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Campbell Midland. Yeah. yeah.
1: Joe, your thoughts?
4: Certainly no wrong options. Um, you know, 3-0, 3-0 kind of stands out a little bit. But, again, you mentioned Jefferson, and I think what was particularly impressive, not that they beat Musselman, which, you know, was not a big, big upset, certainly if you look at the rankings, but the margin in which they did it by, I think, was very, very impressive. And, you know, we had Craig Hunter, their head coach, on uh, last week and, you know, talked up his guys pretty well, and they, they, they backed, it up, backed it up with a great performance at Musselman.
1: And Musselman's always good, always good. They did a little down this year, but they've always been good. Let's go with one, okay? Yep, you talked me well, into plus. it. <laughs> talked you into. It. I haven't talked to you anything in twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear. All right, we live in Class Double A. Good game going on tomorrow night. You're going down for that one, Joe? Uh, Nicholas,
4: Nicholas County, County yes. Lincoln. Nicholas County Lincoln. I, and I'm hoping that the uh, scoreboard grizzly is illuminated in full
1: illumination. I've never been through that when the bear was lived.
3: I remember one time, and I think you guys know this guy's name, Jeff Jenkins. And I Jeff, heard of him. yeah, Jeff, he was doing, I, all I remember about Nicholas County, I think about this every time, besides just Gene Morris being a great guy at Nicholas County. But Jeff did one of those scene setters one time about Nicholas County and talked about the Grizzly on the scoreboard. And I've always, I've never seen it because I'm always working Friday nights really? up here. Never seen it, but I yeah, always think great. of it because I believe what Jeff tells me.
1: And you, if he if told me we had a coach on on Friday
3: night, I would believe Jeff.
1: Yeah, if you see it up, if you see it in that that is a, a good looking stadium. And that bear is, boom, right there on the scoreboard. All right, who so? what do you think? I, uh, I had, uh, you know, hey, you've got uh, that game tomorrow night. Uh, certainly got RCB and Kaiser. That's yes. 2-0 against 1-0. It's number four against number one. Yes. Yes, that's where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's where we're going. Okay, that's good. RCB and Kaiser are classable. class Class well, single point, A.
3: Point No Glenn's going to be a good game, too. We don't want to take yeah, away love yeah, from well. the other people we've had on. But anyway, go ahead. No question. Yeah, It will be a good game.
4: And this is, real quick, this is kind of an example, this Bird-Kaiser game getting rescheduled. You know, we thought week one, all right, that game's off the schedule. It's not going to happen. Well, coaches keep the lines of communication open. They don't immediately jump to take the forfeit. The coaches want to get to play the games. It just so happened Kaiser had an open date, and Bird's opponent was not able to play. So give coaches credit for keeping these lines of communication open to get these games in.
1: Yeah, we we heard Dave Dawson say the same things. I mean, it's good stuff. That's what you have to do. And uh, glad to hear that. When we start looking at uh, some of the games that are not postponed, we uh, <laughs> down in Buffalo. How about Buffalo? I'll tell you, the Bison have played well. They've only got one game, but it's undefeated. Way down, always going to be in the mix. We talked about Wahama and Gilmer County.
3: We talked with Tom Ogre about that game. Uh, no, nope, I like Williamstown. I like Buffalo. I'm also intrigued a little bit to see what uh, – the St. Mary's Blue Devils and Ritchie County are going to have for each other. The Rebels and St. Mary's coming up on Friday of Coach uh, Ethan Hot, great quarterback at Ritchie County, very good offensive team. We always know St. Mary's is good defensively, and so I'm interested to see that game in single A. And as you mentioned, a couple ranked teams, Williamstown, Buffalo. That's my thoughts. How about yeah. yours, Joe?
4: Well, and Williamstown, after losing their first game of the season out of state, back-to-back victories for them buffalo has to be smarting because they haven't played since a week one victory over greenbrier west so i think that's probably one of the more competitive matchups in class a
1: works well, uh, for let's me let's go with joe what do you say huh? works we'll for me joe yep all right so we got buffalo i don't think we've ever had buffalo as our game of the week have we
3: i'll don't say we no yes no i'm I... looking
4: over at joe nelson to see if he has the answer um we don't have <laughs> the answer immediately available joe has a look on his face
3: like huh
1: well, Joe, did you hook and get up to ask me that? That's Come exactly
3: on. what it looked like. Yeah. Friday night,
1: we do have game night coming your way at 9.30. Dave and I will be on till midnight. We invite you to join us for that. Joe Bricado is going to be busy tomorrow night. Make sure you check out his story coming up on the website. It's going be down in the summers there, and then it will be over in the Birchport area on Friday. Greg, Gary, uh, we're going again. I keep forgetting.
4: Our game of the week, RCB and Kaiser. <laughs>
1: There you go. So that'll be a good one as well. A lot of great high school football games coming up this week. Drop get out and support your favorite team. Gentlemen, great job as always. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the guests tonight. I'll talk with, you with, I'll talk with you on Friday night. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, and Joe, sir. So I'll see you. I see you, okay?
4: I'll be around somewhere. We'll see
1: you soon. High school sports time with Fred, Dave, and Joe. We will talk with you again
2: on Wednesday night. Thanks for listening tonight. Join us next Wednesday starting at 7.06 p.m. for another edition of the High School Sports Line here on Metro News. The voice of high school sports in West Virginia. All rights reserved.
0: 18 plus.